Hey everyone, this is your host, Kamar Anderson of the Black File Hacker Podcast. It has been a while. I am so glad to be back on the mic and just talking about all things biohacking and mental health. I am going to change some things up a little bit because it's been four or five months for me to evolve and grow and there's so much that I've learned. There's so many things that I've struggled with and I needed to take a break. So I am proud to announce season two of the Black Biohacker podcast. The first five episodes that will come out are the five that I was going to finish the year of 2020 off with, but I decided to hold on those and present those in 2021. So these five episodes are so great. They're about things that will challenge everyone who listens. Uh, They will post questions and leave you feeling that you've learned something. So you guys just sit back, relax, and enjoy season two of the Black Biohacker Podcast. This podcast is sponsored by Mountain Made CBD. Mountain Made is changing the CBD game by offering a line of high-dose CBD tablets at an affordable price. Their products are THC-free and third-party tested for accuracy, cleanliness, and potency. With nine years experience in hemp and fitness, Mountain Maid's founders are focused on creating a quality product to help those who live an activated lifestyle. Check out www.mountainmade.life to find out more about their products and how they can help you crush life. Remember, their products ship nationwide. So go check out their website today and follow them on social media at MNT. M-A-D-E, Mountain Made. Now let's get into this episode. Welcome back to the Black Biohacker Podcast. Today's guest is Devin Fredrickson, men's embodiment coach. Thank you, Devin, for joining the show today. Thank you, brother. It's super great to be on here, finally. I'm stoked to connect with you, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. So today we're talking about reclaiming men's sexual sovereignty. What led you into this space of a men's coach and working with sexual energy? Oh, that that could be a whole podcast in and of itself, bro. <laughs> but really, it's it's been this journey of following what I think I need to do and then having messages along the way ask me if I'm willing to open up and willing to listen to these small signs that just call in my attention. And so along the way, I realized that I was doing a lot of things that other people were telling me to do and a lot of things that society was influencing me or telling me to do from a place of production and a place from that hyper-masculine patriarchal upbringing that a lot of us in the U.S. and Western cultures dealt with. Um, A lot of what's being reflected right now with the 
racist upbring uprisings and the white supremacy being highlighted and the white privilege and all these aspects that many people are becoming aware of, like just life speaking to me and asking me, am I willing to stand up for what I believe in? And rather than doing what things are telling me to do and coming from this place of having to be a certain way, I, at a certain point, I just questioned everything and it really shook my foundation and it really shattered a lot of expectations that I had in life. And eventually that got me to a place of working with the earth of not following this path of completing the engineering degree that I was doing, but still wanting to work with the earth where I learned about permaculture and then from working with the earth and doing work with permaculture and community building and making sure that food sovereignty is highlighted. That was the first concept of sovereignty that came across my path was food sovereignty. And again, what was highlighted in that space, as I was talking with uh, an African brother earlier today about food sovereignty and not being accessible in certain communities. And I got to see that highlighted in working with food sovereignty and going to lots of different conferences that got me into wanting to work with community and wanting to build community and wanting to provide places for humans to gather as humans, for humans to be able to connect and to be themselves and to celebrate this life and to celebrate food and water and air and the cleanliness of those aspects of elements of life that support our miracle of life. And so then working with permaculture, that eventually led me to my exposure to a vision quest and I went on a vision quest and when I was on that vision quest, I went out for four days by myself with water and I had a water fast and I was just with spirit, with the land, with the plants, the animals, the ancestors. And the whole intention was to go out and to listen, to listen for a message. And the message that I got when I was out on that vision quest is to carry the connection that I have with the earth because the earth is always here with me and to carry this connection back to humans and specifically to men and to bring this connection back to remind us that if we want to be a part of the future, it's up to us to step into that space. It's up, for, up to us to embrace this responsibility that we have on a larger level. And so from that point forward, seeing how rites of passage and initiations were not so much in the space that at least I was raised in nor exposed to, I just was extremely passionate about that. And that really got me down the path of diving even deeper into men's work. And when I was on that trip specifically, I just was talking a lot about sexual energy. And this is something that I was exposed to when I was 20. And I just noticed how a lot of the men on that trip were talking about their desire to learn more. I noticed more and more that people were asking about it. And then right after that vision quest, I went to a retreat at Brighton Bush Hot Springs. And it was this corporate retreat for this company that my girlfriend at the time was going to for her company. Um, and again, a food related to food sovereignty called the, the, I believe the food revolution summit. Okay. And we, we met this woman there and she just was this external confirmation for me to really dive into this energy, to really explore the, the concept of fusing men's work with sexuality and really my my realization through sexuality is that life is sex and sex is life and so the more that we get exposed to 
the the education, the awareness, the energetics of our sexual energy and how that shows up in life and the creative energy, I felt like that was a really potent space to bring forward to men's work that I wasn't experiencing or seeing much of. And so fast forward a few years from that point, I had crazy experiences and initiations with starting a business and then having that business crumble before my eyes, even though I thought it was what I wanted. And ultimately it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And so I know that this is a long explanation and there's so much in it that's got to me here. There's so many pieces that I didn't even think were connected that yeah. are connected. I know you touched on it a little bit, but what is sexual sovereignty? To me, sexual sovereignty is the, the responsibility and embodiment of one's sexuality and one's sexual energy. And to me, it's the recognition, again, like I said, that our sexual energy is our creative energy. And so the responsibility of our sexuality is to be responsible of what are we creating? What am I creating with my words? What am I creating with my actions? What am I creating with my hands? What am I creating with my thoughts, with my emotions? And it's the reclamation of that creative power that's in all of us, that life force energy that's in all of us, that a lot of times we're not necessarily brought the awareness to. And so it's it's about this. And then and the next aspect of it is the embodiment. The embodiment of our creative energy, of our, our life force, is how do we cultivate that? Do we have practices around it? Do we move our body? Do we, like, you black biohacker, right? Like, you are here about the aspects of health and wellness and how we can thrive, is my guess, right? Yeah. So... When we, when we look at all those aspects through the embodiment, what does it look like to eat? What does it look like to drink? What does it look like to detox, to cleanse, to fast, to intermittent fast, to do ice baths? Like all these things that also challenge our biology and our chemistry to, to meet the edges. That is also the embodiment of the sexual energy, the creative life force, because we're still creating what we what we bring into our bodies what we drink what we release all those are aspects of creation in a sense and so to me i think that's what sexual sovereignty is what do you believe has suppressed some men into not exploring their sexual energy i believe a lot of it has come from society from the suppression and repression of the education around sexuality and our sexual energy as well as cultural taboo Mm -hmm. and like a lot of it coming from religion and religion suppressing the sexual energy as well and in a way that's like hiding it and not talking about it but still telling people to engage in it and so I think that it's it's been this also like marketing marketing blows it up in front of everyone's space pornography and access through the internet and all these other ways that are being exposed right now put it in everyone's face but there's also this taboo that it's bad mm-hmm. and so i think that that shame that's especially and another thing too is it's passed on from parents when parents tell their children to not touch themselves when children are little and explore who they are because i've seen that happen i'm the oldest of 16 grandchildren wow. and i watched all of them play and explore themselves just like i did and just like all my cousins and brothers and sister did like everyone explored themselves, but along the way, they were all told to not do that mm-hmm. or they were, they were like made fun of or laughed at. And I think that that like, that shames us rather than like just giving us insight into what our body is and recognizing that something to be celebrated, something to be respected, something to be connected with. 
So I, I think that's actually a huge one that doesn't get talked about enough. Yeah. Yeah. In your opinion, what does it mean to be sexually free? Is it achievable? I mean, that I think is part of the constant dynamic of life is, are we free? Like we, we say we're free, but is, are people really willing to embrace that concept of freedom and let go of life completely? I feel like most people want to still live. Yeah. So I think that freedom comes from an inner feeling. And so to me, being sexually free, I would say has to do with just being in connection with oneself and aware of what one likes mm-hmm. in, in regards to like sexuality. Sexually free could also mean creatively free. Do you allow yourself to create? Do you not have limitations on that creation? Do you, do you let it move through? Do you, are you open to it? Even if it's something different than you think it is, whatever it may be, whether it's someone's career or trying to cook food or grow food or try to make a painting or make music or whatever it may be, there's curveballs in life. And so do we have attachment to how it needs to be or are we able to flow with it? And so again, that concept of sex is life and life is sex, it applies not just to sex, it applies to everything. So if I'm sexually free, am I creatively free? Am I mentally free? Like they're all connected because I could be sexually free, but if my mentality is not free, the mental state affects one's sexual state. Yeah. So the, the connection across the board, it to me is balance. It's holistic connection. It's awareness of all of those parts to the best of one's ability. Yeah. Yeah. What ways can men upgrade their lovemaking and experience more pleasure in all types of sexual preference relationships? You've heard me say this on the sexual sovereignty calls on mm-hmm. Sacred Sons. Slow down. Mm. Men, like in, in the Taoist perspective, the masculine energy is fire and the feminine energy is water. So to make fire hot, if fire, like once fire is going, you can make fire hot really quick. But to, to heat up water, it takes a while to make water boil. So if we, if we look at masculine energy and feminine energy, if we look at masculine energy heating up feminine energy, it's about that masculine energy being able to stay hot enough, long enough to boil the water. So the more you slow down, the more you'll be able to feel, the more you'll be able to connect to the energy, the more you'll be able to tell where you are and how to navigate whatever your choice is. Hmm. An aspect of sexual sovereignty that I didn't speak about earlier is also the awareness, again, of what's one, what is one creating. So if a man is aware that he doesn't have to ejaculate to also experience an orgasm, to realize that ejaculation is a muscular response that can be commanded upon, that can be enacted upon to not ejaculate if one wants. Not saying that one has to always do that, but just the mere awareness that that is a choice to me is sovereignty. That's the recognition of, do I want to eat this food or do I not want to? Or am I going to do this or am I going to hang out with this person? Again, it's the same thing when it comes to sex. For a man, he can ejaculate or he can experience an orgasm without ejaculation. So to feel more pleasure, there's the potentiality of not ejaculating and having multiple orgasms as well as orgasms that are not just in the genitals 
that can be experienced in other parts of the body that also bring about most likely more just new experiences. So that will be more pleasure because the more you experience things, the more you're able to experience and feel. So that's another way is through the, through the recognition that orgasm does not necessitate ejaculation. And so through slowing down, through being able to maintain an erection and be able to experience consistent stimulation and pleasure throughout a lovemaking experience, whether it's with oneself or another person, whoever that may be, there's the opportunity to just experience more, to feel more. And then lastly, breathe. The more that you breathe, the more that you're going to stay connected. And the more that you're able to breathe and stay connected, you don't have to just stay in one area. Like one can bring the breath into lots of different parts of the body to help move energy. And again, that's going to help experience more pleasure because that doesn't just stay in one area. And so through the breath, through slowing down, and through learning how to separate ejaculation and orgasm, in my opinion, are three easy ways that a man can just start experiencing more pleasure right now, whether it's with himself or another person. Hmm. How do you think men can deepen their sexual connection and find clarity around their purpose? That's a great question, and I love it, because to me... A large part of why I do this work is I believe that when men heal their relationship to sexuality, we will heal our relationship to the earth and to feminine energy. And what I mean by that is that when we recognize that our sexual energy, our creative life force, our life force is sacred, is something that's beautiful, that's to be celebrated, that we all come from the act of sex, no matter who it is, Mm. that we come from that act that's something to me that's sacred. That's something that we all share in life here on earth, that we, we get to experience that. And so with that awareness, when we look at the earth as a living entity, something that's birthed from creation, it's something that in my opinion, we'll ta- we'll, we won't want to take from. There'll, there'll be more of a reciprocal relationship. And then also when it comes to men and the masculine relating to the feminine and feminine energy, not going to be taking from the other as much or hopefully at all coming from a place of a reciprocal relationship where we give and receive from each other and we honor each other and recognize the role children of the earth and that this person in front of me if i choose to relate with another person no matter how long that is if it's one day one moment crossing in a store or someone who i choose to be as my partner like that's an opportunity to honor life Mm -hmm. that devotional path And it doesn't mean that things have to be so serious. We don't have like, and I'm not saying that it is at all or that we're insinuating it. I just, I see that everywhere because I did it. And I've seen lots of people who I work with on -on one-on-one basis or I see at retreats or whatever it may be or wherever I am. Like there's this seriousness and I'm like, this life is something that's to be celebrated. It's so amazing and it's such a gift And why do we have to take it so seriously? Not that we don't let everything just fall by the wayside and we don't take responsibility for things. But to me, we get to share that experience with people. And that to me is the gift. That to me is something to be celebrated, no matter what it is. And so I feel like that's something that... um, Yeah, I, I just feel like that aspect of life helps to bring in 
the awareness around our sexual energy and our sexuality that what I'm doing is is this beautiful honoring act no matter no matter how short or long because I'm not here to tell anyone how to be or how to relate but I'm just telling all of us to embrace this deeper level of responsibility whether masculine or feminine man or woman whatever or whoever you are the more that we can embrace just the sacredness of what we're doing and respect whoever it is because who we don't know like you know like everything's a gamble everything is this mystery and i think that this corona time has highlighted that for us yeah that there's there's been this underlying assumption that everything's going to be okay rather than the recognition that everything is okay and we're not assuming that we're we're embracing the fragility of the moment and the the gift of the moment at the same time yeah and not just taking it for granted expecting things to always be this way yeah. and so when we when we bring that level of honor and reverence to a sexual encounter no matter whether that's one time or not i i think that that's going to have implications across the board for how people will relate with each other and how their own ex- sexual experiences you know you said something earlier that really hit home with me about just being silly and mm-hmm. yeah i am i'm just by nature not a silly person Mm. (laughs) so yeah I I hear you I hear you I definitely feel feel like that that's inside of me Mm -hmm. but it just hasn't been released that inner child is still there (sighs) yeah and and you know like that is that's a big part of it that inner child like we're talking about that earlier, that suppression and repression of that inner child at that time. Don't do this. Don't do that. Whether that's exploring oneself sexually or laughing too much or being too silly or playful. Like society tells us to be these certain ways. And so how can we be sexually free if we're not able to be silly, like silly free? You know, like how can we be silly free and then expect to be sexually free? Like I've had to address a lot of those things and I still am addressing that. Mm-hmm. I just, I had a realization just a few days ago that my body still doesn't trust the feminine. My body, like (laughs) there's parts of my experience that have created these parts or these experiences inside myself that told me from an external place that I wasn't good enough or whatever it may be. And those experiences created space inside of me there's two ones specifically and i can go there if you want there's two of them specifically that really created triggers inside myself to not trust the feminine Mm -hmm. and it's it's been fascinating to, to to feel into that and to remember that it's okay to trust that those experiences happen that they are there for me and I don't, that doesn't mean that I'm bypassing it. That doesn't mean that I'm not letting it impact me or that I'm like hiding from the pain or the challenge or the fear or anything that I experienced. And it's also the embrace of responsibility around my sexual sovereignty and to realize that it's my experience. What I am going through is ultimately up to me and it's, it's a challenging statement to stay at these times because I'm not, not necessarily saying this across the board, but like when it comes to what is like what my body is experiencing, 
Like if someone's touching my arm and it, and that's challenging for me and that triggers trauma, what I mean to that is like, it's my responsibility to, to understand why, because if the person that is, that is touching my arm or stroking my arm, isn't trying to hurt me, then I'm still carrying a projection from the past. Mm. And so the more that I can meet what's experiencing in my body and also check, giving myself a reality check of like what's actually happening in front of me. Like, okay, cool. I might be freaking out right now, but this person's smiling at me. This person is like rubbing my arm. This person is just here with me and not trying to do anything with me. Wow. I might realize that something's going on different than what my mind may be telling me. And I, that's just, that's a hypothetical that none of that, I don't even know where it came from, but yeah. I'm just speaking. <laughs> um, but uh, that's been happening to me over the last couple of days where my mind has gone into a complete alternate reality than what's actually happening in front of me. Mm-hmm. And I've snapped out of it and I've just been like, wow, like that quickly, my mind will take over a story and a narrative and play it. And I literally like go away from wherever I am into another dimension or another experience or vision or what daydream, whatever you want to call it. Cause I don't know what to call it. And then I come back and I'm like, wow, like none of that's actually going on. Or maybe it is, but like, what I see with my eyes and my body and my experience, like none of that's happening. Yeah. <laughs> and so I, I just, I think that again, connecting that back to the inner child and what we've been told when we're little and letting ourselves be silly and playful, like being able to be silly and playful in sexual experiences and just be able to experience the joy and the pleasure of that and the pleasure of embodiment of being in a body and being able to share in connection and physical touch and intimacy with a person. And right now with the Corona space, the quarantine and everything, I'm, my guess is a lot of people are realizing how cru- crucial and critical connection is with humans, whether it's platonic, just intimate touch and being able to hug people or be around each other and like touch someone's shoulder when you're talking to them or whatever it may be, or people who haven't seen their partners for months or if they've been apart, like so many different examples of people not having physical contact. And I, I think that is really being highlighted across the board how important that is for us. Yeah. Yeah. So a few weeks ago, I had the pleasure of taking your Penetrate Your Purpose course. Can mm-hmm. you explain the course and the guidebook to the listeners? Yeah. So the course itself was, is a five day challenge, and it's all around the recognition that we as men have masculine energy as like our biological manifestation. And so in a way we have a more, more penetrative energy in just how we show up in life, not necessarily across the board, but generally you could say that masculine energy is more penetrative and feminine energy is more receptive or direct or receptive, whatever, however you want to call it. And so the recognition that to me as a man, when you can really, claim your purpose and clearly show up in your purpose and know what that is inside yourself. Claim your attraction, claim your desires, be very clear and aware of them. Then we're able to penetrate them. We're able to direct our energy. We're able to guide ourselves in life with greater ease, with greater grace, with more mindfulness and focus and intention. And so it went over five days of exploring different practices and mantras and exercises to go over as well as live calls every day for us to connect and explore the topics and 
the energies of what it's like to be connected to penetrating one's purpose. And the guidebook itself is an introduction, is a very basic guide to if there was one, like three things that I would tell someone, and then if I were never to talk to them again, if I could leave those with them, that's what those are. And I just, I think that it's been a journey for me and it, it's, it's part of learning how to give value to people and learning how to recognize that value is offered in so many ways. And we don't have to just all, only monetize our value. We can give away or we can offer value in ways that uplift people, uplifts people because so many other people give their value away in those ways. And it's just done in this way. And so to me, I'm just finding a way to support the community around me because I also support people one-on-one -on -one and I work with people in a professional context, in a coaching context, in a mentoring context, in a guiding context. And I work with sexual energy and all these different aspects. And I also work with health and fitness and vitality and nutrition and all these different aspects. And so learning what I get to offer in certain ways has been really fun because doing that penetrate your purpose challenge, I got to meet new guys. I got to connect with all these people and just build this network of humans. And that part is fun and fascinating to me because at the end of the day, if I am rich in relationships, I am rich in life mm -hmm. because I get a, sh again, come, coming back yeah. to this concept of sharing, I get a share and I get a share in these experiences with those around me. And that's ultimately at the end of the day where I receive so much joy and fulfillment is celebrating and sharing this life with those around me. Yeah. Beautiful. Inside the Penetrate Your Purpose Challenge, I read that you could help men break through old toxic patterns and create new ones. Mm -hmm. Well, why do you think that some men hold onto old toxic patterns so strongly? It's interesting because I can, I can relate this to jujitsu in the best way possible. And I've been rolling and practicing jujitsu in the last like two and a half weeks. And what my experience has been is there's parts of myself that are, that don't want to face certain experiences and so i push them away i try and push them away and then there's certain experiences that i don't want to experience and i hold on so closely and tightly and so how that shows up in jujitsu is there's times where i try to push people too far away and extend my arms too far away and expose them to to be submitted or to, to tap out basically mm -hmm. and then there's other times where i'm getting in a position that i don't like and so i try and hold on and i try and pull on closer rather than maintaining this healthy distance and the recognition that it's a dance that I'm not here to try and overpower. I'm not here to try and hold on to, and I'm not here to try and push away. It's about maintaining connection while also being aware of where I'm at. And so that's the balance of staying connected to myself while staying connected to what's going on outside of me and how I apply that to men holding on to toxic relations or toxic patterns is because I didn't know that I was doing those. I didn't know that I was pushing too far away and extending my arms. And I didn't know that I was holding on too tightly. I just was doing that in those situations. But my friends, my friends who have been teaching me, they told me, they're like, Devin, you're doing this. I'm like, wow, I didn't even know that I'm doing that. Yeah. And so with the help of others, 
I'm able to see the ways that I show up. And with the help of others, men are able to see these toxic patterns. And so I think most times men don't know and they're not willing to let go for two reasons. One, because they don't know and they haven't been told that they're doing what they're doing. And two, if they've been told they genuinely are okay with doing what they're doing because they're, they've become so comfortable in that pattern that it doesn't make sense to change. Mm. Yeah. And, and those, that would be the two reasons that I most readily see is that it's someone just is so far deeply ingrained in a pattern that they just don't see any way out or they don't think they can get out or they just will not change or they just haven't been shown. And, and most times when men have been shown, my experience is that they change. So tell me, how does not having a healthy sex life is equivalent to someone's everyday life? So again, it's the, the recognition that our sexual energy is our sexual life, is our life force energy. Our sexual energy is that creative life force that's in all of us, that gave birth to all of us, that we're still living from. And so... One, I think it requires a reframe of the word sex, a healthy sex life. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. To me, a healthy sex life is having sexual stimulation in one's life, whether they have a self-pleasure practice or they choose to engage with another individual or they enjoy their experiences and they just bring this level of enjoyment to it. So that way they're aware of what they're creating. It's that embodiment again that sex is life and life is sex and how I show up in one thing is how I show up in everything. So if I ensure that I am stimulating myself and recognizing as a man that when I stimulate and have a self-pleasure practice and I don't ejaculate, I'm able to take this creative life force, this sexual energy, and I can focus it on manifesting other things. There's many, many different athletes have been known to not engage, at least to not ejaculate before big sporting events or big fights or whatever it may be because they knew how much it depleted their energy. Mm-hmm. And so by engaging in this stimulation and not ejaculating every day and having excessive releasing of this life force energy that is in our body because our body takes a third of the caloric intake every day to create sperm mm-hmm. and the, the biological interactions to procreate because of that if we do not ejaculate and release that energy and rather circulate it in our body i know it can be seen really foreign and weird and strange but it sounds weird to a lot of men especially because we just haven't been taught about it so when one does that we literally take this energy and focus it in our life and, and we get to direct it and so it's it's a really beautiful way to just support one's life because part of one's sexual practice does not include penetration. It includes, I can't remember who the author is, but it's this concept of core play. And I love that, that concept because it's a recognition that it's not for, it's like it's core, the, the aspects of intimacy, of kissing, of massaging, of touching the body, of gazing into what each other's eyes, all of those are components that are so necessary to build connection and to build intimacy and to build a deep enjoyment of life. And again, it doesn't have to be so serious. It doesn't have to be like, okay, I need the eye gaze for 30 minutes. And if we move our eyes, we break it. Like if people haven't been doing eye gazing, start, just start. And if it gets weird, laugh, like let it be funny. It's okay. Like there's a lot of energy that happens. And so 
a healthy sex life is equated to, to me, a healthy life because every, again, it, it continuously comes back. Sex is life and life is sex. If I'm caring for my sexual organs, that means I'm going to be caring for my cardiovascular system. If I'm caring for my cardiovascular system, that means I'm going to be eating healthily. And if I'm eating healthily, that means I'm going to be making sure that I have good rest and I'm doing all these things. And, and that means that I'm a learner. And so I'm going to continuously explore and connect to my body and find out ways that I can biohack or thrive or be the best expression of myself and my genes that possible. What is one thing that you would change about men? That's that. I've never been asked that question before. I've, I've heard it from enough women. The one thing that I would change about men is I would change the way that men look at women, that the way that men interact with women, the way, again, coming back to penetrate your purpose, I would change the way that men penetrate the energetic space with women. And I would change it in a way to one of reverence, to not, not acknowledge beauty, to not, because to me, I look at a coconut tree and I look at that and I, I stare, but how can, how can I do that? Like if I, for me, I'm personally attracted to women. So if I see a beautiful woman, how can I acknowledge her? How can I acknowledge the beauty that she is? How can I still maintain connection, but not do it from a really fucking creepy way? And how can I not do it? in a way that's disrespecting. How can I do it that's in a way of respecting me and respecting that individual? Because I don't just, yeah, I, I think that's the best way to put it. Like I, I've heard from so many women that they don't feel safe to be a woman, that they don't feel safe to walk outside, that they don't feel safe to wear clothes a certain way because of what they're going to be looked at or how they're going to be looked at. And I, I want women to feel safe in that way around men. And I'm not saying that it's all men's responsibility, but the, for the side of men's responsibility, I would love to change that aspect to where men relate to women in a way of reverence and still being able to appreciate with reverence, honor and humbleness. Yeah. Yeah. And to not take away like the sexy, sexy, juicy, romantic interactions and, st and, and to remember that we can still do all of that in, in, in a respectful, reverent way. That we can engage in those ways. And yeah, I think, I think that's it, man. That's what I feel. Well, thank you, Devin, so much for sharing your heart and teaching us about sexual energy. It's, it's an honor and I feel a, a humbled responsibility to share it because of how much it's supported and impacted my life and from the continuous support that I've seen around others. And I just do it from a place of humility and just asking that I continuously show up and, and walk and give and contribute in the most respectful, good way. Yeah. So thanks for the opportunity to talk and to speak on it and providing a platform to share. Because without you, I would just, I'd be stretching and meditating with myself tonight, which would still be great. And I, I now get a, to carry some of this inspiration from sharing to bed and to keep on showing up. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, let thank the you. listeners know where can they find you. 
the easiest way to find me is on Instagram, my name, Devin Fredrickson, S-E-N, remember that, and we'll have it in Kamar's, um, the spelling and all that on Instagram, Facebook, and also my website, devinfredrickson.com. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of the Black Biohacker podcast. Remember that your vibe always attracts your tribe. Until next time.